Welcome back to another episode of the Shift Drink Podcast. I'm Edward Dussel, and Arthur Black is traveling to Jamaica this week. But this week we've got Manny Pena on the show talking about Diplomatico Rum. Uh, welcome to the show, Manny. Thank you. Happy to be here. A very old distillery um, that was Seagram's own. At what point did this distillery go out of Seagram's ownership into current ownership? Well, by law, it was a Seagram's distillery, but they couldn't own the whole thing. It has to be half Venezuelan nationals and half uh, foreign okay. uh, investment. So when they were, des- they decided to pull out uh, out of Venezuela when the parents died, so the, the kids, they were like looking to cash out. Uh, they pretty much sold some brands to Diageo, sold, uh, and we were able to acquire the whole distillery and contract some of those products for Diageo. And we are talking about like 91, 92. This is when the transition okay. happened. Oh, wow, that recent. Mm-hmm. But that's how you, at what point you guys got your hands on some of those old, old stills. Well, I've, we've been working with the, the stills. Like, even with the transition, our master blender was working for Seagram's. Oh, oh really? So, we, the transition was, like, seamless. And uh, your master blender is? It's Tito Cordero. Tito, okay. Tito Cordero and Nelson Hernandez is the, the, the master distiller as well. So, there's two guys there with over 40 years of experience. They both of them been trained in Scotland and in Canada uh, with these types of, of equipment that they brought in uh, specifically to do different products uh, within the distillery. And for some of our listeners out there that aren't aware uh, or aren't familiar with uh, Diplomatico, I mean, uh, Tito Cordero is uh, one of the most highly respected guys in the business. I mean, um, he, he's fun to chat with and, you know, he's full of information. And obviously, you know, we've got a table full uh, of the products I mean, we, I think a lot of times people, uh, I mean, it's pretty common to see, you know, if you're out there shopping at a market, you would be more likely to see like the Diplomatico Reserva or the Reserva Exclusiva. Um, but you've got some other cool stuff on this table that uh, is pretty new to our market. And I think we're probably representative of a lot outside of where you're from, New York and, you know, Chicago and uh, California tend to get the stuff before we do. Um, but there's some real cool expressions out there, especially for rum geeks. You know, I'm always looking for the rum geeky stuff. And, um, I mean, you've poured me some stuff from the stills here. What did you just pour me here? I pour you from the still straight, uh, Barbe molasses, the still for 24 hours out of this column still. Uh, and then I pour you the actual age product, which is aged for four years, uh, and just to you at 47%. These are part of uh, what we call the distillery collection. And this is essentially showcasing, because yes, people are very familiar with Reserva Exclusiva, but they don't know that 80% of this is pot still rums, where 20% is molasses out of like this really cool stills. So this is much more, we launch 5,000 bottles of distillery collection one and two which is the Canadian still and the column still, just to geek out and show off the really cool equipment that we have back home. Yeah, and definitely um, quite drier than, you know, some of the products that people might associate Diplomatical with, which you guys have been very, um, very forward and transparent about using a little bit of sweetener or honey, or I'm sorry, sugarcane honey, or to add back in as a sweetener into like the Esclusiva and Reserva. And... Again, I've got no issues with that, you know? Like, I just want to know. Okay, so I'll ask you your opinion on this because I think that that's the trick on our side of the bar, you know, is educating consumers. And you're out there doing the same thing, but you're educating us and we're passing it along to the consumers. But 
it's the trick of, um, you know, we don't always have 20 minutes to, to sit down and, and educate everybody about um, that. And uh, sometimes there can be a misperception that rum is sweet just because it's made from sugarcane. And I think that's just, I mean, it's most people, like my mom and dad, would don't, they don't know anything about distillation. They would just make that assumption. Like, how do you tackle that um, like perception? You know, when you're like, okay, well, this is drier. Why is it drier? This is sweeter. Why is it sweeter? I think it's it's a matter of preference. Uh, I, you know, I think we are doctors in, in our own, of the doctors of our trade. And I think, like, you know, the prescription for each patient, it varies. And I think, like, when you see somebody that never drank rum or their experience was with a horrible captain uh, <laughs> yeah. in, co in, in college... Uh, you just nailed both of the of the exact reasons that we get every single time at a bar. For those of you out there that don't work at a bar, every time that we, we recommend a glass of rum, that's what we hear. It's either I had a really terrible experience with it in college and I've never had rum again, or it's, I don't know, I don't really like the captain. And it's it's either one of those two things, right? And, and so it is, it's always an education, and that's where I find that we slip up on. It's like... Because if we're at volume, it's hard to, if we have a bourbon drinker and they come in and like, hey, what's that, you know, bottle back behind the bar? And if we poured them like the Reserve Exclusiva and they like bone dry, you know, bottled and bond bourbon, that might be the one they love. But they would certainly dig on this, you know, and that's where the trick, I think, is just. I mean, like you are in, in bourbon country. I mean, like. <laughs> yeah, you, definitely. <laughs> you have like behind the counter, like, you know, that Omar Clement, like that has. That I would put that next to any cognac and against any bourbon. I mean, like, as far as complexity, as far as like, so it, it's it's really finding the right product and and not, not shying, like you know, not steering somebody away, like steering them, but in the right direction. If they never had rum, and they might be you know into something sweeter. If they tell you they like you know young bourbons, you might be like, yeah, try this one, or, and then you could evolve them because I think like the, the whole thing with this is just not you don't want people coming in here drinking the same thing I don't want people to drink my rum every time I want people to like you know change it up and and, and see different applications and to drink other rums and to educate themselves and, and find the right one and I hope that they end up you know with Diplomatico Diplomatico it's it's, it's a it's a staple favorite it's, it's a bartender's brand it's something that it, that I think like you know when a bartender is in a long shift and they don't want to drink something like over alcoholic and they somebody's buying them a shot a lot of times they tend to gravitate to, to that bottle it's just it's you know nice smooth soft but if you're looking for something higher proof higher structure uh, more complex yeah you find them uh there but i think it's it's much more of prescribing the right yeah yeah it's a trick um you you mentioned bartenders um you know grabbing a drink and you guys have been pretty active in that as well, doing um, like bar competitions and such. And I know we're getting a little talking inside baseball here for some of our listeners, but um, it, it, some of those diplomatic competitions have been real cool. I, I mean, I've never uh, never gotten to participate. See, I'm an, I, there's a perception that I'm a bartender because I do the show and, and I, you know, whatever, publications and stuff. And I always try to correct everyone. I'm like, I'm not. I, I get in the weeds and I freak out. I'm not a good bartender, man. I can make you a good drink like once, but I can't make that 70 times in the next 10 minutes. But um, I, I never get to, to participate in those competitions and all the cool, fun prizes. Yes. The, <laughs> the competition, it's, it's, it's a unique way of approaching uh, who we are. And it's we are a bartender's brand. Um, 
the president of the company travels around 250 days hitting every country that we have distribution. Wow, uh, that's more than you. More than me, he's a monster. Uh, and understanding that, like real, like the importance of, of bartenders, uh, we did a tournament that is called the Diplomatico World Tournament, that it's, we pretty much conducted competitions and every country that we are distributed, and we are right now in over 90 countries. And like for each one of those countries to have a representative and and being being able to bring something to the table, uh, it's 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 very important to us. When we were like looking to reformulate uh, one of our products, which is now the Mantuano, which is like our entry level um, dryer style rum, was actually I dig that rum a lot. Yeah, this was as soon as it came into market, I was like, yes, this is what I've been looking for. This was developed by the top twenty finalists. Like we actually really? yes, this was what what kind of rum would you like to to mix with and this was we work different formulations and and this was developed by them so like let's say in the united states we did 10 competitions and out of this those 10 competitions uh the winner for the u.s was um kevin berry from three dots and a dash kevin's a great dude man he was actually just our last guest <laughs> he was on the show we sat right back over there and uh, I, had drinks with the whole three dots team i love kevin i love kevin's passion i love kevin's Geekiness. He love, is a geek. That's for I, sure, man. I love like he's right now like polishing his knowledge in, in biochemists, and we were like like geeking out in, in biochemistry and and just finding somebody there and you know like and his creative uh, as well as creative drive like he is yeah. driven. That is the one thing about him, man. Like when you go there, it, it is everything's perfect. I mean, everything is. It's a there, there are no uh, variables that have not been taken into account. You know, like at service, if you come, go and order a drink there, three dots and a dash today, you're going to get the exact same drink in a week and a half. And it'll, I mean, there won't be even a droplet. Consistency. It's yeah. consistency. And, and it's a very important consistency. And in, in this, uh, our business is supposed to be very fun for the guests. But I think we need to take what we do very seriously and, and, and really understand that we are professionals in this like this is we are the last uh line of defense for these producers and these people like really going through hell and heaven to have this product in front of you and after you have it like you, you know to treat it with integrity and respect it's it's just but these competitions um the finals was in aruba for the americas uh then the finals was at the um, savoy hotel in london uh where that sounds terrible I, it was it was a <laughs> terrible time, um, but like really getting to know the approach of like different bartenders from like all all parts of the, of the globe. It's 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 something that that has made the brand global. It has made the brand uh, in our eyes like more important than that the job that we are doing. It's 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 more important than than anybody else's because I think like when we are in tiny little countries, you know, like Singapore, where we are in the best bars there, like, or we go to Dominican Republic, which is a rum country, and we are able to, to see bartenders, like, geeking out and having fun with, with Diplomatico, or we come to, to Indiana and, and being able to, to come to, like, refer to the best bar here and, and being able to, to find our products and play with them, I think it's, that's, that makes it all make sense for us. It's, it's really... And so these competitions are a lot of fun. 
uh, the winner of the competition gets a job, <laughs> 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 which is awesome. I mean, like the last gentleman who won for it was from New Zealand, Sai Sharan. So now he's like the Southeast Asia ambassador. The connection you guys have, I mean, this it's apparent that you are working closely with bartenders now. I mean, like as you you just said, you know, the winner gets a job. So that's just, you know, bringing bartenders into the fold. And you said, I think it's really cool that you said that you had worked with the uh, the contestants of the last round to like for the reformulation, uh, which ended up being the Montuano. Um, because I'm, I'm starting to hear that more and more often where, you know, it's like people soliciting the opinions, right? I think what a month and a half ago we had Ed Hamilton on. He was talking about, you know, going to zigzag and having to re redo his, you know, Hamilton Black because it, that looks shitty in a daiquiri. And so, um, you know, it, it's really cool to like solicit that because I mean, at the end of the day, you know, we're, we're the end users, I guess. Um, and we think about it way more than we should, <laughs> you know, a lot of times on the other side of the bar, they're just like, uh, I don't know, I want rum and all right, we can do that. But I mean, like if you, if you find a car that you really, really like and you are able to customize it with your, you know, upholstery and like, yeah. whatever like make it yours and 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 that's that's i think that's the point there uh if bartenders feel that they have it's their brand i think they're gonna they're gonna present it in a, in a very different way and they're gonna embrace it in a very different way uh and i think that's that's how well has been the key for us yeah and the price point doesn't hurt i mean it's it's supremely affordable it's a good entry and like you said um Earlier, you know, there's some sweetness to the Reserva and Exclusiva from that added sugar, and that's, it's a good way to break down barriers, you know, people that don't like rum because they had, like, a handle of something terrible in college, and they drank the whole thing with, you know, some orange juice, um, and, and it's a good way to kind of show people that rum isn't only the one thing that you had one time, um, it, or just some flavored neutral cane spirit or neutral grain spirit, um, and so... Yeah, I mean, it was, um, gosh, right when it came back into our market, I don't know, a decade ago or a little bit more recent than that, I guess. But um, it was one of the first ones that we used to, to convert a lot of people over to rum. I mean, there's about 15 rums available in the market, and we had to shed about 14 of them. So, like, Diplomatico was one of the last men standing on that shelf back in those early days. Now we have a much greater market, and I think that we're starting to see that countrywide now. Um, we just saw, what, last week, two weeks ago? I don't even remember. Um, uh, they announced the Miami Rum Congress. Um, are, are you guys happen to be going to that? I know that uh, Ian's going to be there. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Uh, that's we we pretty much take part of anything rum because that's you know we spreading the gospel. Like yeah, it, it's really. Well, you said you were in San Francisco for the for the for rum, rum fest, for rum and, fest. and I didn't go to get to go to that one. We did go to Chicago last year, I think. Um, <laughs> we were there. It's a long story. I'll tell you off mic because we can't uh, we can't divulge all the details. There might have been us getting way too drunk and slugging Principia out of the bottle. <laughs> Oops. Never drunk. Magical. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's amazing. But uh, yeah, I was really uh, happy to see like a, a February rum fest in Miami because <laughs> I'm in Indiana, man. You're in New York. It's like give us an excuse. Get let, get us down into the sun. Yeah, same. Like that's why Arizona Cocktail Week. It's it's like one of my favorites. I'm like I'm f freezing, and then I get to go to Arizona and be in shorts, and I'm like, am I in the same country? It's, <laughs> it's, it's pretty, pretty cool. Yeah, I think it was um, 
Eric Castro was talking about uh, the bartenders weekend on his show last year, this year. I, I don't know, my years blend together. But he was talking about all the, uh, it was unseasonably cold for San Diego. Um, and everybody was kind of like, ooh, but all the New Yorkers were like, pool party. It's <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, it's all relative, folks, all relative. Absolutely. And so, I mean, we've, we've talked a lot about Venezuela and, uh, or the fact that you guys are in Venezuela and like kind of this cool little fun pocket. And, and, and there's some like Scottish influences big time with, with Diplomatico anyway. Because um, you said Tito Cordero worked with Seagrams, but he also traveled right through through Scotland. Yeah, I mean, like he was trained, uh, like actually at the um, Strat Isla Distillery uh, when they were like when they purchased that equipment, it was actually functioning in in Scotland, and they you know they teach him essentially how to use it there and like how they were doing actually scotch, and they were they brought this back to. To Venezuela, and they were doing, you know, scotch. But when the transition, when Seagrams got pulled out, then that's when they started doing rums in it. Like, which it's 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 the unique. It's we are, like I tell people, the best comparison is like we are a cookie shop inside of an industrial kitchen of a Michelin star <laughs> restaurant. It's like there's so many, like, cool equipment that that is really not needed to make basic rum. But we're not a basic rum, and that's why we're making Lots of something toys. unique. Uh, and it's it's well, there's just, a wide variety of expressions. That's what I always like. I've been interested in like because you've got you know like the, the core line, uh, which I, in my opinion, I, I, maybe you can correct me, but like the Reserva, Reserva Exclusiva, and the Montuano are kind of like the three main that you'll see on most back bars. But then you got all these other cool like the distillery collection and. Um, well, the Ambassador, obviously, we've seen that at, at numerous bars and some of the vintage stuff and uh, Martin Kate's 97. And <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, like, we have a lot of, like, cool expressions and I think, like, something, and they are all unique and there's, there's a purpose of all of them. We, they all have, I would say, the same heart, but they, they have unique personalities um, f varying from, from one rum to, to the next. Uh, I think, you know, the sherry finishes with the single vintage and the ambassador, but you see like our white rum, our planas, it's aged for six years in bourbon. Then we run it through charcoal filtration, making like a, this perfect rum for daiquiris. It's just 47% aged white rum that it leaves you your lime looking gorgeous. Uh, it's, it's just, it's really unique. And something to, to take into account, it's like all the different stills that we have, like we have an operation right now for the production of Diplomatico, three stills. There's close to seven different stills in, at the distillery. We're only using three right now. Wow. You do have some toys that you're not yeah, utilizing. But like in really on the Now one of those stills is that uh, 187-year-old pot still from the first Strathyla distillery in Scotland. That's crazy. It's it should be in, in like in the Smithsonian of, <laughs> of, of Scotch and we are actually uh, making alcohol with it. But really when you think about it like the starting with the like those different stills you end up with three different bases. You end up with uh, you know a pot still, you end up with a hybrid still, the Canadian still, you end up with the column still. And there, think of those are primary colors. Uh, and then when you add variables to that, like the type of barrel that is used, the type of, 
where the barrel is actually positioned, you end up with around like 60 different rums. And within these different rums, this is where we take the art of blending into, into account and blend a little bit of this, a little bit of that. And even with, you know, Urasera Exclusiva, it's like, it's, it's a lot of complex spirits there. Uh, structurally that, that it's they are like not able not any other distillery is able to recreate this because they don't have those different bases you think of agricole rums they are one raw material cane juice one type of steel that are only allowed to use mm -hmm. uh column stills and that's one color that they have they could you know they could age that same spirit for 30 years but it will be that same there's no there's no variables there mm -hmm. By us having like all these different type of stills, the the variables are are it's much more um, diverse the diversity on and on them. Like if you go to Guatemala, Guatemala makes sacapa out of cane honey, which is one of the raw ingredients that we use, but they are only allowed to use column. So we are making cane honey out of pot stills, which that's what puts us in a, in, a, in, a, in a different uh, spectrum within that. So I think. Diplomatico, uh, it's unique, and the uniqueness comes from all this like really cool equipments and the know-how of being able to to use this equipment. And we're talking about close to 80 years experience combined between both of my master distiller and master blender. Now, having said that, um, although you just got a cool text message, so I think we have to I think we have to address <laughs> it. It's, it's it's very cool. I had another line of thought here, but. Um, you do, you were in a, like a, a chat and we, somebody had asked what was previously produced in the stills. Yeah, that one one on the ambassadors. We have an open line. This is a beautiful thing. We have an open line to our master blenders and master distillers, thanks to technology. So one of them, Jose Luis, which is uh, related to to the family, he's the gentleman in charge of the state of Florida. He was asking what brands they used to do with the different stills with the batch cattle with the when it was seagram still when it was seagram's and and like it was like when they were saying like uh seagram's vo they were doing shivas regal <laughs> they were blending shivas regal they were doing crown royal which it's you know it's it's, it's venezuelan canadian whiskey <laughs> but if you really think about it it's like those are blends and they just require to be a certain percentage of sure like yeah origin right of scotland so if let's say if it's it has to be 60 percent scotch blended scotch from scotland the 40 percent it just have to be malt in a certain way and it has to like fit with the profile so well, you inadvertently led me right back into my original train of thought which was like do you do you see like a a Venezuelan style of rum, because you, you addressed kind of Martinique in their column stills and the way they have to do things in, in Guatemala. Um, like, what would you consider kind of a, is there a Venezuelan style? And, and like, how would you describe a There's, Venezuelan style of rum? Because I think a well, lot of people struggle with, with some of the, when you start to get into like Soleras and um, like, uh, you know, Spanish speaking countries, there's a little bit of a different way you have to think about, um, you know, the labels and figuring out what's there. So really think about rum is a wild west and has been for a long time. <laughs> uh, it's like Venezuela has a DOC. There's only two DOCs in the world for rum. Uh, one is Martinique, going back to Martinique. Hi, Ben Jones. Uh, 
Love you, Ben. We're ready for another trip to Martinique. Yeah, me too. <laughs> or uh, St. Lucia. Uh, St. Lucia. I haven't, yes. I haven't, been, to St. <laughs> I haven't been to St. Lucia yet. Uh, so the, being part of the DLC for Venezuela, all the raw materials need to come from Venezuela. It needs to be made out of either cane honey, which is essentially taking fresh cane juice, evaporate the water, and shell-stable, um, similar consistency to maple syrup sugar contents in the 90s, like 90% sugar. Or molasses, which in, the, in our case, we use rich molasses, which are molasses which have a sugar content between 60 and mm -hmm. 65%. So molas that, that molasses gets a lot more minerally and kind of earthy. Yes, it's, it's cleaner and like less carbon content. Like mm -hmm. the more time you burn and extract sugar, the more like blackstrap is the last on the horizon for human consumption. Uh, as far as carbon levels. Like if anything passes that threshold of blackstrap, it cannot be used for human consumption. But it's the lowest amount of sugar as well. So right. it's like, it's the cheapest molasses that you could buy to make rum. Uh, we make we make rums out of like much qua higher quality molasses because we are making a much premium, a little pricier rum, even though we are like very well priced, but it's, it's higher. Um, quality that we are doing there. So it needs to be, uh, out of these two raw materials, it needs to be aged for a minimum of two years in wood cask. And it needs to be bottled between 40 and 50%. These are the rules for Venezuela. So you will never see out of Venezuela something that it says rum from Venezuela at 51%. Or that they are importing uh, molasses from Dominican Republic or from Puerto Rico or from it needs to be that's that's just to protect the style of Venezuelan um, the Venezuelan style uh, yes there is uh, producers after it's actually certified after the two years you are allowed to blend or like um, Santa Teresa which is one of the first distilleries in South America uh, they produce in the Solera style system which mm -hmm. is like blending uh younger rums with older rums in a in, in a in, in the fashion how they do um sherry but it's 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 you know our style it's 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 different but in lines with the venezuelan's regulation so when uh, the consumers kind of pours a glass or maybe they go in to buy a bottle of course your, your preferred purchase would be the diplomatical but i mean if you're looking in uh, the cross and if you had to pick out some like tasting notes that would be indicative of of a Venezuelan rum, is there is there such a thing, or is it just so different stylistically between the distilleries and like Santa Teresa and Diplomatico? No, I I will say like Spanish style rum, you you will find like common denominators like between rums from Puerto Rico, rums from Dominican Republic, rums from even some rums from Jamaica, where Jamaica has a like like a particular style because the way that they ferment. Mm -hmm. Uh, but you find, like, that's why you see Spanish-style rums and you see French-style rums. Right, and, yeah. Which are, like, very different in just the way that they distilled and as well the way that they, the raw materials that they use. So I would say, like, any Spanish-style rum uh, from any reputable house, and that's the question, uh, it should be within those parameters. Right. And then you could find one that you like more than the next, but I think, like, just going to... So those like how household names uh, and finding not the the, the clear ones. Uh, yeah, I think that's the it, trick, right? Is that everything's um, 
it, it like you said, it's it. Everybody's kind of doing things in a different way. There might be stylistically Spanish and English, but do you feel like some of those definitions of uh, are falling away a little bit? I feel like in the in recent years we've seen just people more willing to experiment. Now that we see that the general public will actually is receptive to drinking rum a little bit more often, and maybe. Uh, I, I I don't really care for the word sipping rum because I feel like I, anything's I, sipping if you want to drink it. <laughs> I, I think much more of the conversation, it's actual age rum versus unaged rum. Mm-hmm. I think, uh, and, you know, the general public doesn't, when they see a bottle and they see color in the bottle, that doesn't mean it's aged. So I think, like, that's the biggest confusion that, that you find there where you can find some of the big brands uh, who actually produce some like really, really, really good rums, but people only associate them with, you know, with the cheaper stuff. And and it's this, the same way in both sides of the spectrum. I mean, like you see people when they think of Bacardi, they only think like rum and Cokes, but like if you think of Bacardi, they just released the Bacardi 10. Mm-hmm. I think it's a delicious rum. It's a delicious, like high quality, as high quality to, to compete with any other rum in the world, but when people see that that name, they associate. So the same thing, when people are thinking of rum, I want them to think of age rum and look for aging, and not much on the labels, like age statements on the labels, because those as well could be deceiving. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's it's just like really find your expert, and like like in those local stores, like you know we are passing a lot of information and a lot of people are like very curious rum is super hot rum is growing faster um than than tequila and this is like like when you're talking about like rum at 9.99 it's on a decline of like losing about three percent a year rums from 1999 are losing about five percent a year but rums from 29.99 on are growing 12 percent which th- wow. this is like growing as fast as bourbon, as fast as, you know, mezcal, like, which is like taking the whole country. Out of yeah, storm, like I said, I it's been real exciting. When we started out this, we didn't know a damn thing about rum, just kind of threw a dart and we're like, well, we'll do rum. And then as with anything, you do it enough, you slowly start to learn about it. And but yeah, we had 15 bottles available in market, period, across the, across the board. There just wasn't anything else out there. Um, and so we picked those up, but now we, we've got quite a few. It's exciting. It is an exciting time. Hopefully the pricing doesn't get to <laughs> the eBay auctions of Pappy kind of situation, but um, it's, there's so much out there that that's untapped. I, I love when I see a new rum uh, from a producer in an island I've never heard of or a country I've never heard of, and it's, it's always fun. And, or when you're getting new expressions from, from a larger company that, that feels they have a mandate to be able to do that. Um, which I think is pretty neat. Like again, with I'm sure that some of these, like distillers collection, are not the the bread and butter for for the company for you. But um, but the fact that you that, that they feel they have a mandate, they can do these things. They can do whatever they want because you know the bills are paid. So now let's do some cool stuff. Yeah, and and I think it's the consumer. It's it's rum is so versatile. Like I think the versatility of rum. Uh, Think about it, like last year. That's fucking delicious. <laughs> <laughs> the most ordered drink in the. What did you just pour here? That's the batch kettle. That's the Canadian still, and you had the yeah the H, which is the number one, uh, and just like that little funkiness is it's it's really, really fun. Uh, 
daiquiri was the most ordered drink in the planet. And the fact that every time that I go to a restaurant and, and, I, and I order a daiquiri and they don't tell me they don't have a blender, <laughs> that still gives me hope that there's time for me to train properly and for people to understand rum at the real capacity. I, I think like yeah. um, there's like the versatility of rum again, like there's more rum recipes than any other spirit out there. Um, you pick up, you know, like books from the 70s, books from the 70s um, and you see like this like really cool recipes with like five different styles of rums and, and it's just like like really fun to 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 see the versatility of rum and, and where where can it go uh, and I don't think price is going to be the, the competition it's it's so eager out there that I think like we could um, stay competitive and stay profitable and, and not having to charge thousands of dollars for Man, I, it's I, I could sit and talk for hours with you. Um, you know, there's there's a lot of cool stuff that you guys are doing, and obviously you're you're very knowledgeable about the, the topic. And I appreciate your you um, uh, being quite frank with you know some of the questions I've asked. You know, um, you know, I, like I said, some of these hot topics in the rum world are like you know added sugar or age statements and all these things you you've addressed, and um, not everybody wants to. Typically, though, they don't get invited on the show either. But, <laughs> um, but yeah, man. Hey, uh, before we wrap up today, I know you've got some uh, tastings and such to do, and you're, you've got a flight out uh, in just a few hours. But um, we always ask everybody um, before you, before we let you go. Do you have any uh, hangover cures we ought to know about? We're gonna, we're gonna compile a book one of these days. I will tell you, it's. I think it's more of a trick of drinking. I think it's what you do before than what you try and like remedies. I think like if you stay hydrated, if you eat and if you don't finish your drink, which is the hardest thing for, yeah. for, for the most of us, it's, it's just. I was thinking about that with food the other night. I stuffed myself and I'm like, why am I eating this much? I'm full. I just was raised like you finish what you get. It's wasteful. But with drinks, I don't think like. No, you don't need to. You, you, don't, you, don't. you don't. You don't need to. And, you know, drink water before you go to bed. Uh, hydration it's 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 the biggest part of hangovers so I think and for remedies if you the next day like coconut water uh, and I tend to drop uh, like a pinch of salt and a little lime with coconut water and that put the lime and the coconut and drink them both up mm -hmm. with a little <laughs> bit of salt with a little bit of salt we're gonna change the song well Manny thank you so much for joining us today man or joining me today keep saying us there's Arthur's in Jamaica so he's not going to be with us today, but my my imaginary co-host. But hey, thank you so much, man. I hope to see you back in India again soon. I know this is your first trip, but I, I certainly hope it's not going to be your last. I can't wait. So, thank you so much for the opportunity.